This program is a production of Radio 6 International. Hello! It's in Bruh. Hello, yes. Hello Edinburgh. Hello, Edinburgh. Last. Right. Timing is right. right. Uh, you don't quite have the amount of power that we need. I think I've done quite a lot of power there, and I've done quite a lot of walking to get you here. have. So let's not start the show on a low point. Let's start on a high point. I'm Ewan Spence. I'm John Jacob. I'm really excited today, and there's loads of power behind my voice. Lovely. So you've already been doing fringe shows. Uh, no, I went to I went to the International Festival concert in the Queen's Hall, which is quite a distance from here. Uh, I did do a test run last night. Um, and it took me 25 minutes. It took me 23 minutes today. I'm quite sweaty. Just great. Leave it another 10 each. We'll do it in four minutes. Great. Lovely. This is your Edinburgh Festival Fringe radio show and podcast. It's almost like we've got to be careful because we've got a professional coming in later today. Mm. Yeah, professional walker. He's, and he does speed walking as well. You can get lessons from twice from him. Really? Yes. What, the same person? Yes, the same does, person. That same person that I'm really nervous about. Yeah. Also does walking. Yeah. For uh, did he get paid for that big yes, walk? Yes, he did. Well, he wrote a book. Yeah, but did he get paid? But if you write a book and you're that sort of status, generally you get paid. That's that sort of status. That sort of status, <laughs> yes. I mean, oh. let's face it, his radio station is like so broke they couldn't get the proper name. Who are they? Uh, they, him. No, I mean the or station. The station. Well, what is their name? Well, uh, do we want to keep that for the guest? Oh, right then. Keep that right, for the well, guest. We must. We, we, okay. we must, yes, because then we can have some... Some like, chat. Some chat with him, yes. <laughs> About naming conventions. Yes. Lovely. Uh, so later on, uh, we will be uh, speaking to uh, the team of Unpolished Theatre from the show Flesh and Bone. Hooray! 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 Yes. There we go. There's a, yes. Yes, you did hear that cheer correctly. He's coming. Oh, Hold on. That is my voice. <laughs> um, Amy Lighton will be here uh, from Cathy. Uh, we'll have Stuart McConey talking about his walk from Yarrow down to the Deep South. Uh, Mindy Raff is going to be telling us how she kept her kidneys or is keeping her kidneys. So we're going to talk about tense as well and how important that is in a show title. Uh, but opening on us... Hold on a second. Um, let's just put the mic to half power. <laughs> half power. That's all mm. we need here. Mm. Uh, joining us to open the show, a man who needs no introduction... Hello. So, tell us about the show this year. <laughs> um, it's it's gone peak mad. Um, I'm I'm planning an expedition to El Dorado for real, um, and I'm re- <laughs> and the full name of the show. Oh, we'll see what goes to El Dorado. See, you don't get an introduction, but I make sure we get your name in the title. I know oh, that's it's week three, which is sort of lining them up. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yes. highly cutting. Will Seward once more joins us. Hurrah! Huzzah! Huzzah! Hello. <laughs> John, how are you feeling? <laughs> Slightly nervous. <laughs> <laughs> yes. yes. So, terrified, actually. Uh, El Dorado. Yeah, so. <laughs> that famed 1980s soap with Jesse, who went on to be in Bugs on the BBC. <laughs> That's the one. It's disappeared somewhere in the Amazonian rainforest. And uh, somebody gold-plated it. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to find it. Um, Why? Because it's Why covered in... Why would you do that? It was a terrible <laughs> show. <coughs> well, oh dear, have you got a call? I have. Oh, I am desperately <laughs> ill. <laughs> I'm in training for the malaria. Oh, thanks, Ewan. Are you sure? Because you are not. Ewan's passed me some water, and you are not going to want to drink from this again. Well, it's liquid. Ah, cunning. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Marvelous. Uh, 
Is everything okay now? Yes. Right. Now I can sing. Um, <laughs> but why El Dorado? Because, as I say, it was a terrible television programme. Well... Or is that the reason? Uh, well, it's it's not so much the television programme. It's it's um, it's more the... <laughs> <laughs> I might have been using that as yeah, a conceit, John. <laughs> <laughs> but it's... <laughs> uh, no, it's the, the fabled lost city of gold. Oh. Ah, okay, great. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, I, I, it's odd. I've, I've started the last couple of years doing impossible things in shows and this time round I set off trying to do an impossible thing and found that El Dorado probably actually does exist and is is there for the taking and is it yeah really? yeah 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 completely it's probably not got much gold in it now um, no. the gold market in the 70s was mysteriously flooded by gold and I wonder why uh, it was it was definitely coming out of South America and um Legend has it, it was looted from antiquity sites, but maybe just one antiquity site. Did you go with a map? Oh, I haven't been there yet. Oh, no, 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 no. I thought you'd been and you were reporting on it. No, the fringe is phase one. Um, So I'm uh, I'm actually recruiting the expedition from people who come to the show and sign up at the end. Do they realise that when they step into the theatre? Oh, yeah. The the theatre, the room. Some of them. The cave. The cave. The cave, okay. Some of them do. Yeah, I... There's only so many times you can write on a flyer, this is real, before the people who got it go, yes, we know, and the people who didn't go, oh, he's saying it again. You know, it, it, it doesn't... Um, I, I, again, in the show, like, five times I go, this is actually happening. And at the end, people still laugh and go, oh, of course it isn't. Um, but it is. I'm then, sorry, I've misunderstood. Are you telling me that it is actually happening? I thought this was this the whole conceit Case in point. Absolutely, right. yeah. No, it right. is actually happening. Uh... And when might it start? Probably not less than a year from now. Right. Um, it's going to take that long just to get the permits. And right, and I you can't just go as a tourist. You, you can't just go as a tourist. Can you not? No, and the H1B visa in South America. H1BVs. It's well, that's if you're a tourist, you get to go in without anything in America, and it covers South America as well. But if you're on an expedition, you get an H1X visa. Right. And that takes time. I feel as though the joke is now on me. I don't. I don't know whether I've. <laughs> Have I? Have no, I no, so there is such a thing as Am the H1B. I in fact drunk. I don't know. <laughs> so, no, no, look, we will Google oh, look, it. Here's Google the H1B it. visa. There you go. No, I didn't mean that. I meant his show, really. Less, less the paperwork, more the. <laughs> no, no, no. The, sh- the show is there. Right. The show is there. Right. Yeah, it's real. And it's how many people do you need to recruit now? Well, so far I've had about 300 ish sign ups. 300 ish? Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I haven't counted. It's the fringe. Um, right. <laughs> but, uh, you never yeah. tally up anything at the fringe. It gives you a heart attack and your bank manager gets yes, very happy. Fair enough. <laughs> fair Completely. Enough. So, Will, you have another show going on as well. I do. Um, so hold on, hold on, hold on, John. Oh, what do you kiss on me? No, 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 no. What do you think Will's other show is? Is it something to do with Melvin? Have you gone to Melvin? Melvin. Well, that's the only other Will reference on the running order. Although I have to say, the running order yesterday was completely wrong. Will's not on the running the order. Show the wrong <laughs> Will is surprised well, guest. This is why remember? I say the running order is just completely wrong. Uh, I have absolutely no idea. It's part four of a series. Uh, of, I'm going to need more than that, really. I'm going to need a clue. Will, another clue? Ooh. Ghosts. Yes. Specifically? I, um... Edinburgh uh, Ghost? I don't know. <laughs> Stories about ghosts. Right. right. <laughs> okay, that was, that's basically the title. But almost, <laughs> almost. Nearly, almost. Yes. Why don't you just tell it's, us the it's, title? It's, <laughs> it's, <laughs> really, please. It's at midnight. 
Uh, ghosts, uh, stories about ghosts at midnight. You're very close. Very it's, close. It's and it's part four, remember? Part so, four, so stories I, oh, about ghosts at midnight, or maybe 11.59, and it, particularly prompt. Fringe timing runs 5am to 5am, so we can say midnight. Okay, okay, right. Is there any more to this? Uh, there is, there is. Uh, it's got the word spooky in it. And, spooky ghost stories and about... also my uh, name. And <laughs> your name, Will. Uh, and then uh, some, some punctuation. Great. <laughs> Do you want to just give it's, us the it's, answer? It's, it's Will Seward's Spooky Midnight Ghost Stories 4. Hey! I would never have guessed. You actually got very close, John. I very nearly, You got yes. very close. You got closer than... Uh, um... Can you tell me, for a bonus point, then, what typeface is your flyer printed in? Ah! Oh. Ah. Because <laughs> it's more than Not one. now. Yeah. Um, last year, I used one called Not Schlop. Last year. No, I can't year. remember. It's co- I can't remember. It's one of those blobbly, goosebumpy-looking ones. on Word. Uh, no, good lord! I no. should hope not. <laughs> <laughs> I did it on a shameful thing, though. I used uh, Pixelmator. That's fine, as long as it's not Word and it's no. not in Calibri. Then we're all <laughs> Calibri. fine. That's <laughs> but Papyrus is okay. No, it's not. We had more time. Out. Right, Will. Uh, we've got about a minute or two left, but I right. do wanted to try something because in previous years we've been in a very small radio studio when we've interviewed you. We've been in a very small room in a pub, and we've been in a shed where the walls would shake if you made too much noise. <laughs> and that was ex- now normally we have four microphones on the stage uh, not today today our fourth microphone is in the front of the stage pointing to the back of the room what i'd like to know will is how far away from a microphone can you be and we can still make out what shakespearean play you're quoting from this is an excellent game so so first of all can it's we try a game <laughs> no, no no this is deadly serious we need to calibrate the microphone so will so if we can actually first of all to go to the microphone that's at the front of the stage, and you'd be at the front of the stage. So if uh-huh. you could go to the yellow microphone, Shall please. I provide some kind of Radio 3 commentary at this point? Um, we'll ask you to judge it. So, so first of so all, here we are. Will is now in front of the microphone, and Will, Shakespeare number one, please. Now is the winter of our discontent, Lord. made glorious summer by this son of York. Right then. John? He's terribly good. <laughs> right then. So, so, Will, if you could maybe, like, maybe go like four or five rows back, uh-huh. maybe sit next to some of our genuine audience members... Genuine audience members. Yeah, we've got all got their badges on. Yeah, no, 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 no. That that person's third's got me an exclusive phone that's not on sale yet. So we're being nice to him. But the other two, I'm not really sure about yet. Do you have next to the man who's looking particularly nervous? Yes. So Will's now (laughs) three rows back into the auditorium. We're not going to change any of the any of the microphone settings or anything. Will Shakespeare number two, please. Once more. Unto the breach, dear friends. Once more, or else close the wall up with our English dead. I would suggest that he yes. is somewhat throwing his voice in order I, to compensate. I would, yes, but it's still, it's still interesting. So we're about two-thirds back now. So just before the, the, the seats start raking, um, yeah, we've got raked seats at the very back of our auditorium. How raked ambitious seats. We're, how just ambitious we're away. <laughs> <laughs> right, Will, so Will's now seven rows back. Shakespeare number three, please, Will. To be or not to be, that is the question. Whether it is nobler in the mind to suffer the slings and arrows of outrageous fortune, or to take arms against a sea of troubles and by opposing end them. I'd really like to hear him do a stage whisper. <laughs> <laughs> well, quickly, you have a request for a stage whisper yeah, a from stage where you are. Right, right, right. Signor Antonio, any Thank- time and oft in the Rialto, you have rated me about my monies and my usances. Still, I have borne it with a patient shrug, 
for sufferance is the badge of all our tribe. And now, Will, as far back as you can go, <laughs> right back under the lights, past the test rig, next to the bar, you know, in that region where we cannot see because of the house lights. On the street. Go on, try it on the street. We've tried it on the street before. Yeah. It works. I just wanted yeah. to have it in the theatre environment. So, Will... We can't see you. Can't see you. You might need to project a bit. So, um, carry on. The most obscure Shakespeare you've got for number four, please. Oh, God. I'm running out of time. <laughs> Shall I compare thee to a summer's day? Thou art more lovely and more temperate. Crude winds do shake the darling buds of May. And summer's lease is far too soon run out. Um... Shakespeare, 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 Oh, Will Seward there, um, who, with, with the double show. Uh, Will Seward goes to El Dorado, 3.30 Heroes at the Hive on Nidri Street, uh, and also playing at midnight in the uh, Will Seward spooky Midnight Ghost Stories IV, which I believe some people pronounce as four. Uh, but what oh, you mean madness. Correct, what correct madness. People. Correct people pronounce oh. it as four. Yeah, it's only because he just puts himself onto an IV drip. That's why the, the IV is actually nothing oh, to do with the, the n- numbers or anything. Yeah, it's Seamless link. Sneak something in there at the very end. Ah, there we go. Uh, so the good news, uh, John, is that Will hasn't scared away our next guest. No, well, I should hope not. She is, in a sense, committed to this project. Well, it's also the fact that Will's as far away as possible from the stage, and Mindy joins us on the stage. And yes, we can still hear him, yes! (laughs) Will, big sign, says exit. Most people usually run to it. Are you actually telling him to leave the room? No, well, he says he had to leave quite soon. Oh, I see. Fine. I do, but first I must steal my laptop back. (laughs) Okay. okay. (laughs) Right. Right. Hello. Hello. Guest number two. Which is technically guest number one, but it's scene number two. John, you're now back on the script. Yes. So I know. Good. (laughs) Right. I'll I'll leave you. I'll leave you to it then. Tell me about you. Who are you, and why are you here? (laughs) No script. I don't get a script. (laughs) Neither do I. Oh my. This isn't a script. I don't know. Questions I ask myself every single day. What is your name then? My name. I'm Mindy Raff. Mm -hmm. Uh, My show is Keeping My Kidneys. And I'm here on this lovely podcast, so excited radio show to talk about it. And I don't, I can do some Shakespeare, but it's not my thing. I know what you're doing. I'm you're not scared though, first, because he was a little sick. So I'm more scared about the germs on the microphone. But I think we're good. What the? You, the I haven't got the fringe. I haven't got the fringe flu yet. So okay, I've been healthy. Uh, yeah. You, it's called keeping your kidneys. I keep in my kidneys. Keeping your kidney, uh, keeping my kidneys. Okay, I got slightly confused there, uh, <laughs> and that presumes that you have already, or you're about to keep your kidneys. I'm confused about the tense. Um, the show is called Keeping My Kidneys. Yes. It's in the present tense. Okay. Uh, it is a metaphor. It's nothing about my kidneys oh. or medical at all. Great show title. Don't make your shows a metaphor <laughs> if you're going to do the French. Remember the whole... <laughs> yeah. It's not I'm a good... You want to be literally. literal with your show titles. <laughs> I'm John, learning that. Remember yesterday you discovered that 
people have to submit their show titles in blurb like months in yes, advance. Yes. January. Oh, Did I've the title had this. Come first. I had then? this title. I opened it actually the day after the election in America, and like literally the day after Trump was elected, I opened the show, and it was supposed to be this huge like feminist celebration, and the show is about like identity and female director. I'm female identified. It's super queer. It's super fun, and we packed the theater, and we were so excited, and then the election happened. And I walked out onto stage to like sixty like crying women, uh, and but it was a wonderful night. We were <laughs> it was comedy. We were out. We were proud. It was fun. And then I kind of kept the title because that's what it was. And then when I got here, I realized everyone thought it was medical. They thought it was about a kidney transplant. But it's a meta- it's a metaphor for a terrible way my mom described a sex thing to me. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, we are a lunchtime radio show here, and I'm not Howard Stern. I, I can say the word sex, though, right? You can't say the word okay. sex. Basically, imagine you talking to Casey Kasem. Sure. Okay? You wouldn't describe those things to Casey Kasem. Well, that's why it's a metaphor, keeping exactly. my kidneys. I, did, I yes. did not go into detail. No, no, but just keep your feet I'm on the ground. Together. I'm piecing it together slowly. Uh, I'm with you now. I'm, I'm fully understanding what's going on. <laughs> it's about the ways that my mom taught me to value myself with identity and relationships and then what I've learned as an adult with flashbacks and stand-up and storytelling. <laughs> the title totally gives you that, right? Yeah, totally. Oh, course, so smart. Right there. So you can probably answer the question, how important is the title to marketing a Fringe show? You know, I think it's really important, but at the same time, it's such a. I feel like Fringe is such a beast and a combination of so many different things. So yeah, you want a great image, you want a great title, you want a good blurb, you maybe want reviews, you want to do things like this. So I think it's all one giant, lovely tornado of things. But a title is important. But I've had people come because they didn't know what it was about and they just wanted to figure out what that meant. So that was kind of cool. But looking back, I think I'd be more literal with the title there is a, there is a joy about the fringe and that whole serendipitous thing about joining in you know finding something and then discovering it not really knowing what mm-hmm. or maybe i'm just talking about myself really but no nope. but no. i do get just quite excited most of my audience that. members have not heard of me they've <clears> looked at the blurb they don't know what it's about and the show's really personal and interesting about they just don't know and mm. so it's really fun to see them go on this little journey and afterwards they're like oh I did uh, not realize that's what that was about. Uh, and as an audience member, I think there's another element to it, which mm-hmm. is I, I think it's probably more to do with the synopsis and certainly on the app, it's to do with the, the tags. Yep. Because I make my decisions about, you know, because I'm a miserable so-and-so, I tend not, <laughs> sorry to say, I tend not to go to comedy or any awkward moment. Um, and, but I, okay. I make the decision based on the synopsis. You know, yeah. So if it's a really well-written synopsis, then I, I get just enough from it and I'll make the decision. I can't. I don't know if I'm allowed to read you my synopsis. It has the word. Uh, I don't know how. How I don't think this word is a bad word. No, no, we're okay in the synopsis. Yeah, we, it's open heart yeah. and open vagina is yep. one of the first okay. lines. It's a medical okay. term. It's, it's a medical. I just. I don't know. Sometimes I think it's a wonderful you word. But thank people, you for checking. It's very much appreciated. And I say it in the show 22 times. I've changed it to the other word, which like the not the F word, but I don't know what I can say here. Well, don't say that word. I but anyway, it rhymes word. with granny, and so I've been no, saying well, that word not. on stage instead of the vagina word. Yeah, yeah it does. Yeah. It does. It does rhyme with granny. Yes, it does. Rhymes yes. with yes. granny. No, I'm, yes. saying, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not going to say it. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's 4 a.m. in Edgar, Nebraska, so they're listening to us right Listen, now. Listen, so, I mean, oh, I yeah, it's never too early to be sex positive. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. It That's is. True. That's we what have the to dodge about. around the FCC regulations <laughs> of and words. 
Listen. But we can go, you know what? If everybody's comfy with what everybody else is doing, the world yeah. will be a better place. I've so got, lovely, i got got an 80-year-old couple who climbed the stairs, saw them in the attic. I say these wonderful things, and they had the best time. They were like my best audience members. And I don't think they came for the LGBT tag, but they were lovely. So, But we do go with digital filters now because we can look up tags and see what's comedy, what's, like, I want a ghost story, I want this, I want that. And then these shows just filter in, and that's how we're looking now via apps. So, is this your first time at the Fringe? Yeah, it's my first time at the Fringe. How, is it your first time in Edinburgh? It's my first time in Edinburgh. Tell us the most surprising thing about your time in Edinburgh. The most surprising thing, um, I think every how nice everybody is. Really? <laughs> you shouldn't well, be here on Tuesday change. when John was learning how to do interviews. <laughs> You'd be surprised. I'm coming <laughs> from New York, and everyone's really nice in New York, but here. And theater is celebrated in New York. I'm not knocking it. I love you, New York. But here, there's just such a community. Everyone here is for live theater. And it's a, it's a smaller area than everyone's kind of together in it. And what I found so magical about it was that there's just people everywhere. And they're not here to see a celebrity. They're not here for some trend or some red carpet thing. They're literally here to find a show they've never seen or never heard about. Um, and they're excited about it. And that, I knew that would happen because I've heard that's what the Edinburgh Fringe is about. But just seeing it, it it's just really the, magical. It's the lovely. Fact that you have an entire city ready just to take a chance on, oh, it's, uh, hold on, checks the time on the list. <laughs> yeah. um, it's quarter past seven. What's on at the Gilded Balloon? Let's go to that. Yeah, and let's see a random else. queer show about polyamory and sex positive and climb 20 stairs or whatever and see that and then have a pint and have a great time and then leave and see a dance show with puppets and it's a beautiful night. It's wonderful. There is a hidden lift. They don't need to take the stairs. Don't have you found the that. lift Don't yet? tell them that. Um, this changes everything. <laughs> if you're going to see my show at the Rose Theater, there's a lift. Please come. There's a lift. There's no lift. No. Oh, you're at Rose Theater. <laughs> there's, there's a lift in TV. There's a lift in the main Gilded Balloon building. Oh, yeah. You're, at you're, the you're, Rose, Rose Theater. Theater. It's, a, it's beautiful here. But I think but, that maybe next summer they'll get a permit, hopefully, yeah, yeah, to get... But there is a Beaches Boy outside, so we can yeah. winch, winch you up that I don't way. know what that is. What is that? I'm <laughs> sorry. My glutes I'm are... I'm doing like it's a button video. You sit on it and there's a rope and then they winch you up. So like window washers. Like window... Like, a yeah. bit of a health and safety nightmare. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Sorry, I, sometimes I just need some clarification on things. I mean, just what your old job is... It's, kicked a, it's a spooky ghost story. No, just kidding. Yeah, yeah, it's actually it's John's well. old job going, oh, health and safety and forms yes. to sign oh, off. Resistance. We must have some of that. <laughs> no, 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 no. We're just going to... I mean, John, you haven't seen the temporary repairs we've done under the table with some gaffer tapes. I shudder to think what <laughs> it is keeping this together. Not much. Not much <laughs> at all. the hardware. You guys can't see this. This is the fancy setup. They're being modest. <laughs> you weren't here last year. This is a really fancy setup. I know, it <laughs> is. Last year. Uh, Mindy, remind us uh, where and when the show is on. I would love to. The show is at 7.15 every night at the Gilded Balloons brand new Rose Theatre in the lovely attic space. And obviously you've got your own website and details on there. Is there more reading material for after the show if people want to find out more? Sure. If you want to find out more and maybe read or see or listen to some of the things I'm not allowed to say right now at this time um, for this audience, uh, it's keepingmykidneys.com. And I'm Mindy Raff. That's R-A-F. And you can find me on social media and check it out and see for yourselves. Lovely. Mindy, one final question. Mm-hmm. You had the choice of chairs. Mm-hmm. You could have sat near the exit or you could have sat close to John. Well, Why you couldn't really? Because there's no microphone. There. The microphone moves, John. Okay. 
Oh, I yeah, I'm just like. Was it just the micro the fact that the microphone I was just, there? I just like people. I wanted to be close to you guys. And how has that experience been? Really lovely. Has you it? guys are lovely. Has it? Yeah, really? I'm trying to say lovely more. How am I doing? Yes, I think you've said it a lot, <laughs> and that's great. That's lovely. <laughs> getting the impression did you that find that John or did you no. <laughs> all sincere uh, you're getting there John you're getting there don't worry we're halfway through the training we you're got coffee fine. we're good yeah coffee is good it's week three at the fringe many thanks for coming along thanks for Great having for me Cheers. Uh, as always we will have details back on our website of all the shows mentioned here including both the Wills and Mindy's and the rest of our guests that we have in today that's it edinburghfringe.thepodcastcorner.com uh, we're going to take a little bit of a musical break now um, I was hoping that we were going to get a concerto at Temple de Mori um, into the venue, but they're a 20-piece um, comedy clowning orchestra. And much as I can get a unicyclist up here, there wasn't quite enough room to get a full did orchestra they, on stage. Did they say no? Did, did you ask them? I did, and they went, oh, but we found a rehearsal space and we'd rather do an hour's rehearsal. Amateurs. So they sent a music track instead. Oh, that's fine. Then. That's fine. Um, and I'm hope- I don't know if this is a popular one or not. It's called Postcards from New York, and it's by Xavier Montsalva. You're looking at me like I should know this. You've been at the proms. Well, I go to the proms, but I am unfamiliar with that work. Right, and so is this just going to be a nice bit of orchestral piece? It and, probably will. Uh, which, uh, so obviously we can't show the clowning uh, that the bands do. Um, so if you do get a chance to see them, assembly rooms 5pm through until uh, Sunday the 27th. Uh, and, and it's just... Um, I think John would hate it because it's classical music, but they're having fun with it. Oh, uh, God and, forbid. <laughs> and, and, God forbid. Just, we don't want any of that. We kind of fun. We want people to enjoy themselves. No. It's classical music. No. So, so, we don't, so, so, so if, if you're like me, imagine fun stuff going on and bouncing around and switching instruments and stuff. And if you're John, just imagine a darkened room. This is the postcard of New York from the Concerto a Tempo de Mori. <laughs>
And there we go. The music of the Concerto at Tempo de Mori. They do not play that one in the show. So that was a little bit of an exclusive there. Um, as their postcards from New York takes to that. Go anyway, yeah. right then. Let's try again. You, you're doing not bad today. From the run, you recovered. You got the water. Yes. Good to go. Right yes. then. Okay, so uh, joining us now, and again... Choosing the microphone closer to John. Yeah. Hey. Hi. Hey. Hi. <laughs> Hi. Uh, we have Amy Loughton uh, from the show Kathy, which is playing up at the Pleasance at uh, 3.30 through until the 26th. Welcome to the show, Amy. Thank you. Now, the show Kathy actually has a long history in terms of narrative because it doesn't start with this show. It effectively starts back in the mid-60s with Ken Loach's Kathy Comes Home. Yeah, 50 years ago, uh, he, him and Jeremy Stanford created uh, Kathy Come Home. And so our company, Cardboard Citizens, wanted to commemorate that anniversary because it's also 25 years since our company was born. And they work with homeless and ex-homeless in East London. So they were keen to have a look at that story of Kathy Come Home and what that would look like today, what's changed and what hasn't. Because this, this was a, a hugely influential piece of television at the time because it... Most of the time, it was TV and the BBC was done as theatre. Everybody stood at two thirds to the yeah. stage. It was two <laughs> cameras as if they were the audience. Whereas, but Scavi come home. Even though when we look at it nowadays, it looks incredibly staged. Mm. It was it was effectively reality TV in the sixties, and it was the first time that that visual. Yeah. And a company with such a powerful story. So if, if we've got our younger listeners who might not be aware of it, mm. it's sort of set the scene of what that meant to the fabric of society. It's a beautiful thing that they did. I think it's always been Ken Loach's way, which is to go into communities and to talk to people and to collect real testimonies. So you've got the film happening, all the television play, and then it mixes itself in with documentary footage of actual people living in the 60s at that time. And also it had a massive impact on our attitude towards homelessness and housing in Britain. Uh, I think it was then the formation of shelter and crisis as a result of that and kind of attached itself onto that feeling of helping people when they need help, which I think post-Second World War we were a little better at, possibly. I'm not sure we're so great at it now. I'm making an assumption, but actually with with all of that sort of backstory with the film Mm. uh, or the play... Uh, that somehow that that's a bit of a legacy for a new play. That if you're a, if you're a performer going on stage and, yeah. and knowing that you've got all of that behind you, oh, yeah. is, is there pressure there? Yeah, you do, you don't want to get it wrong. I think. <laughs> what does wrong mean? Be respectful. Well, yeah, John, exactly. just listen back to this show. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. In the context um, of your show, yeah, though, where no. people are paying to come. I think the thing that we're lucky with, we have a writer, Ali Taylor, who they commissioned, and he did exactly what Ken Loach and Jeremy Sanford did. He collected real life interviews and testimonies, and to get it wrong would be to not tell that story truthfully because I think it happens a little bit with I, Daniel Blake, which Ken Loach did last year, um, which is the presumption that, oh, well, that's not really exactly how it goes. That's slightly exaggerated for filmic effect or for storytelling. And the truth is, it's based on fact. It's a piece yeah. of fiction based and, and on a, And a lot fact. of point, they had to hold back from some of the things that were on show because then it, I, I, Daniel Blake, would have felt too fanciful. Well, yeah. Even though they pulled out all happened. sorts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So in, in terms of, of this, we should say it's not a remake of Cathy. No. It, is, it, is, it is using that as the inspiration, but using modern issues such Absolutely. as gentrification, yeah. forced relocation, spiralling costs, rent exactly. to buy, those sort of traps, yeah. effectively. And we've taught it for quite a while, and we always wondered at the beginning if it was a bit too much of a London story, because people get priced out so quickly in London from their local areas. Um, but we went all over the country, and it really isn't. I think it's something that's happening absolutely everywhere, easily. People are pushed further and further away from their local communities if they can't afford to stay there, and working poor a lot of the time. What is it like to perform? It's amazing. It's absolutely brilliant. I just jump around doing five different characters with various silly voices. And how are you feeling at the end of it? I mean, it's a demanding 
piece. Yeah, so, you know, what is the emotion that you have at the end of it? Yeah, the, well, it's, we do something slightly different. So at the end of the play, I'm exhausted. Um, and Kathy herself, who plays Kathy Owen, who plays Kathy, she really does go through it. It's a fantastic journey. But then we do something called legislative theatre, which is once you finish the play, I have to chat to the audience, which is new, um, and have a conversation with them about what we can try to suggest as an audience, uh, laws that they think could help change what it is that they've just seen. So is that part of inside the theatre or does that have to be done outside no, in the local area? that happens inside the theatre. So, it's, so part, it's part of the running yeah, time as it's well? it's all part of it. We've squished it right in there just at the end. But not in character? Uh, no, not no, in character. Uh, so, uh, yeah, 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 just right. as so it's almost having like a, a chat. a decompression then for yourselves and for the audience. Exactly, and it really is. There's quite a sort of delicate minute at the end of the play where you're then kind of reaching out to them to have a conversation and the energy just kind of, you've got to give everyone a little moment to sort of let it all go in. For, the, for those people who haven't seen the original TV, mm. the, the ending it, the ending for the 60s was devastating. Yeah. Even nowadays it is... is That's the bit everyone the remembers, yeah. I think it really is. It's, it's the separation of her from her so children. Do you have a... Um, without giving too much weight, you, you, do you need that decompression at the end of Kathy? Yeah. yeah, you do. Yeah, 100%. I think it's really important. And I think the entire ethos of Cardboard Citizens is to enact change. So to just tell a story that's heartbreaking and hopeless and slightly sort of um, leaves you empty and forlorn isn't enough for them. They want to then know what we can do. So we've already done it at the House of Lords. We've taught it to theatres and to hostels and to prisons. And we're doing it at the Labour Party conference in September. And the idea is to then engage with people and have a chat with them about what we can do to make that situation different. And there, there seems to be, I've noticed that there are number of plays that are picking up on issues in the fringe and adopting the same sort of approach i went to go see anathema Mm. um at the spare i'm trying desperately to remember where it was i was late to that Uh, it was was amazing Mm. uh a a really sort of um a difficult subject dealt with in a reasonably graphic way uh with that same sort of idea at the end of it you know don't just walk away and think that this is a piece of entertainment exactly actually you need to be thinking about yeah. what you can go and it's, it's and we should say it's, it's not a preachy thing there's still a huge amount of interpretation but it's oh, a yeah, sort definitely. of you know what now yeah. not that's what you've just seen it's no. what can you do what now? can you do now or mm. what do you want people in power to do now what would you change if you had the chance and let's be fair we don't often get the chance to suggest some laws and when we went to the house of lords we collated the top five laws that we'd already collected i think some 400 laws that we'd already got from our audience members and we're presenting those back to what them what was the top one um, the top one, I think, was rent caps, rent control and rent caps, because you, you see how quickly it is for, especially within areas, London is an extreme version, but I think it happens everywhere. The prices rise so fast, you just can't stay within that borough. And then I think, I might be wrong, actually, it's either rent caps or build more housing. We haven't built enough social housing for something like 25 years. I mean, we've just not done it at all. If you could put on this plate anywhere or to anybody. Tory party conference. Straight off. Have you tried? Yep. Um, it nearly, it's nearly happening. There was a conversation. It's still, it's yeah, still Gavin Bartle saw it when he was housing minister. Oh, what a shame he's not anymore. Um, and he, uh, he saw it in Croydon. He saw part of it. And there have been conversations going on there. They're still happening. So fingers crossed. If they're listening, come along. We'll make them listen. Yes, uh, so remind us first of all where it's on at the Fringe. Uh, we are on at half past three at the Kingdom at the Pleasance. And people can find out more about the show and again, more information and background resources. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Cardboardcitizens.org.uk. Lovely. Amy, thanks very much for thank coming you very along. Much. Uh, best of luck. Uh, and, you, you know, part of me's thinking, 
get back in touch. Let us know if it does play the party conference. Yeah, definitely. No, we're definitely doing it. We're there on the Monday. It's happening. You, you, you are doing the Tory we're party doing, co- Sorry, I'm so sorry. We're doing Labour. You, you're definitely doing but Labour. But yeah, if we do Tories, I'll let you know. Yeah. yeah, and there, there are some other parties as well, but you're not concerned about that. Green, no. maybe. Possibly. Happening. Possibly. There we go. Mm. Right then. Uh, right then. Uh, that there uh, is Amy Loughton from the show Cathy, which plays in Pleasance at uh, 3.30 right through until the 26th. John, we're going to take some reviews and recommendations. Oh, Prepare it's, yourself. It's that bit. It is that bit. That bit. That bit, yes. Yes, our reviews and recommendations is always brought to you from some of the great uh, reviewing sites that are out there on the internet uh, looking over at the Edinburgh Festival. Fringe Guru um, collate everything together into a handy application for you, uh, where you which you can download by visiting ifringe.com from any smartphone uh, and it will sort out the application and download the right thing for you. They can collate all the reviews from all the websites and publications and tell us the most popular show, the best reviewed show over the last 24 hours with the rules of Ian Messenger in play, which John are uh, hot brown honey no hesitation uh, no, no hesitation sorry no deviation for <laughs> repetition a, no uh, I'm so sorry. you got a little bit ahead of time there no, just, uh, thanks just for trying to I make was... up time but you've actually lost us 20 seconds no there was now. just a moment where I was thinking I wasn't listening to you and so I don't actually know what's going on that happens there we often. Are. I'm just transparent. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, right then. So the two recommendations today, and the first one is surprisingly <laughs> hot brown honey. John, carry on. Uh, well, no, you started. You finish. Uh, it's a sassy, empowering cabaret from Six Performance on First Nation, First Nation of First Nation Heritage. It's all right. I can read, and it's got five stars from Three Weeks and five stars from Broadway Baby. Yes. I think it's very good. Yeah, lovely. Courtney Act, the girl from Oz, is uh, show number two. Not that Courtney. Uh, Courtney Pell will be back uh, next year. Oh, I miss my female co-hosts. Uh, the girl from Oz plays the Underbelly Circus Hub at six p.m. Um, but Saturday is the last show. So, if you want to get along to this one, be fast. It's an Aussie drag superstar who promises to take you over the rainbow, as well as down under. I suspect there's some innuendo in there, but I can't quite find it. Five stars from the Wii Review, delivered with heart, soul, and a sensational voice. And four stars from three weeks, a warm, funny, and deliciously naughty slice of cabaret. Also up uh, today is our Broadway Baby Pig. They can look at the reviews that people are reading and tell us the most read review over the last 24 hours. John, number one or number two? First, why is it that you're missing your female host? Really? I mean, why? Really? Why? Why well, one, she was called Courtney and she's from Australia, so right. there was a bit of a tie-in to okay. the title. Fine. Uh, and two, they read the script. Okay, fine. So, Faulty Towers Dining Experience, uh, which I really do want to see, and I've seen loads of adverts for... Uh, 70% improvised every show is different and chaos is king as Basil Civil and Manuel serve a three course meal I shudder to think what the meal is like it's actually a very nice meal it's Have at the been? principal hotel yeah. uh, I've not been to this show but it is an actual three course meal you, you, you do get fed it's like £35 a ticket so you're so the, the, the food is included in the ticket price it's all, all there um, and yes you're served by the um, uh, for legal reasons Faulty, F-A-U-L-T-Y, Towers. 
I thought that was just a joke, but that's for, le- for legal reasons. Well, I suspect it's never really been tried, but let's just say it's, a, <laughs> it's skirting the edge of, really? Um, it's, it's, you know, and they're also doing one, um, at the start of the French, they did um, Only Fools and Horses as well. Oh. Um, so they have various dining experiences going on at various times uh, at the principal hotel. Also, their Border Tales, which we've flagged up before as a critic's choice, now coming in as popular with the readers as well, playing Summer Hall 220. Um, this is a poignant and provoking commentary on multicultural Britain. It's expressed through dance, live music and dialogue from performers' personal experiences as they look at post-Brexit Britain through the eyes of an international cast. That plays Summer Hall at 2.40 every day through until the 26th. Some shows set at the Fringe finish 26th, some finish 27th, don't finish 28th we're getting close to the end so do check those times if there's a show that you especially want to see uh, and also check the date as well because if you try to go on this Sunday it's not on you would be quite upset I, I would be so I, li- I might even be angry a little bit of planning uh, I, you get- I haven't seen anybody angry in Edinburgh actually I've not People seen you don't. ever angry John I think <laughs> really no <laughs> oh it wouldn't yeah. take very much oh cool we've got about 20 yeah. minutes to find right. out then have okay. we right. that's your reviews and recommendations as always links to all those back on the website edinburghfringe.thepodcastcorner.com And we have another bundle of guests uh, sitting here. Um, now, there's two of them. So one of them had to take the far away seat and one of them had to take the close by seat. Uh, welcome to the show. We have unpolished theatre with the show Flesh and Bone. Welcome. Hello. 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 Uh, my name is Olivia. And I'm Elliot. And this is John. And Hi. John. Hello, John. Hi, John. Hello, John. Don't worry about me. It's absolutely fine. Uh, tell us about the show. Obviously, I've got it written down here, but you've heard me reading out scripts, and clearly that's not really It would be better for you to tell us. Do you want to say it or shall I? It's all very polite on stage. Okay, so it's about uh, five gritty residents of an East London tower block that is due for demolition, and... Their stories are told on stage, and we've been kind of coined, I guess, as Shakespeare meets Guy Ritchie, which is kind of cool. Mm. So when did you write this? When, when did you, you write this? When did you first come up with the piece? Um, we created the story together in November last year, um, and then I went away and wrote it in a month. Yeah. And performed kind of like a skeletal, kind of bare-bones version of it uh, in Camden in London. And then we went back, we recast a few people, and we've changed it and developed it, and... Uh, yeah, done it, done it again. Uh, and so, is is it based on research? Is when you, you say it's the voices of the Terrorbot residents? Have so, you, how, how have you got those voices? Um, the voices are kind of based on either real life people or characters. We live in we live in Dalston in sort of northeast London, and um, we live on a bit of an estate there. And uh, yeah, a lot of the characters came from from that. And one of the characters is kind of loosely based on my granddad. Um, my granddad's a bit of an old sort of geezer. So do you get to play your granddad? No, I don't, unfortunately. <laughs> I'm, I'm a bit too young. But, uh, yeah, my granddad's sort of in it. The character's a lot sleazier than my granddad. But um, That you know? I know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think, yeah, I think so. You're surely not suggesting. Are you, are you making the same error that I did earlier in the week, Ewan? But the, but the oh, Elias granddad might be a yeah. bit sleazy. <laughs> Did you make that area as well? Yeah. <laughs> Everybody has different faces, you know. He, yes. well, he might, he might have a secret greyhound job on the side and just go to the dogs. But well, not mo- both of them still. What motivated you to write it? What was it? what was the what was the the moment that made you go? Now I read this is the thing. We were in a production of uh, Stephen Burkoff's East at the beginning of last year, and. Um, we just we fell in love with the style and it was an amateur production um 
and we kind of ha- got a lot of say in ha- the directing of it uh, and we thought well, we can make our own let's let's do let's do east again um but have us directing it but the rights were obviously ridiculously expensive to do it again and we had already booked the space so elliot was like well i've this always is the space at camden or the space at Edinburgh? in camden in, in camden, camden. Okay. so we had two months and we already had the space and Elliot said well I've always wanted to write a play so let's do it so November we lived together so November was pretty full on yeah it was locked in our room we that is all we spoke about we got so involved in all these characters we're speaking about it speaking about everyone like all the characters constantly so, so how so you have the starting point of a barracoff plan i just love the fact that again you have art building on art and building on art and iterating and standing on the shoulders of giants how how important was it to have that starting point for the writing process right um what as the as barracoff do you mean yeah um i guess it was really important i guess i've always i've always been a writer i've been writing for since i was about 12 i think um and I'm always I'm interested mainly in characters, and I think the caricatured versions of characters are the funnest to perform on stage. And I think Burkhoff's style really lends itself to that really nicely. Um, and it's so fun to perform. It's so amazing mm. to get up there and give your absolute everything, and you're knackered at the end when you do a Burkhoff piece. And I, I, I wanted to write in that style, I guess. That's mm. what birthed. Yeah. The, yeah, so you get show. that starting point. Obviously, then you're building your own style on it and your own yeah. things. Oh, okay, you're, right. you're, you're not lifting from Barrack. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> you haven't copied. That's what we're asking. You, you copied, changed the names of the characters. You changed the names a little bit. <laughs> you're yeah. basically saying that you're not paying the yeah. rights. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. But in the sense of when, when I, I know as a writer, when you get that blank piece of paper, it's just like, how do I start the framework? Where's the skill? Right. How do yeah. I? How do I get in to write that first word down then my brain is going to write the second? Funny enough, the, the first line of the play is actually taken directly from Hamlet. Um, and it's what a piece well, of you're gonna, If you're going to lift, you're going to lift from <laughs> Barakoff. Barakoff first. And that was kind of like, that kind of yeah. set the tone straight away, I guess. But it was pretty amazing because we started with the characters. We knew what characters that we wanted to portray and speak about. And then the storyline kind of happened and we would take a character and we'd sit and we'd speak about them for hours, what they might work as, their relationships, their family life. And then Elliot would go away for about 20 minutes, literally, come back and say, right, Olivia, what do you think of this? And would read it to me and it would be a beautiful mixture of Cockney and Shakespeare and uh, the, on, in this Burkhoff style and he was like, is it all right? Like, yes, this is... Cockney this Shakespeare in the style of Barakoff. Sorry, yeah. John, you've got to give me an example of that. <laughs> um, without any rude words. Uh, you can say the first... The, the just, yeah, say, okay. just say Belgium instead of any rude word. Ooh, I think actually, the first bit hasn't got any rude words Yeah, in the it. beginning. I'm going to say it. Okay. What a piece of work is a man, a beast of many forms, traits, ideas, power. Maketh man, greed maketh man, man maketh love, desire, hate, fear and lust. Money maketh man today without coinage. How does one expect to survive? Down in the gutter, deep down, what where people don't like to talk about. That's where I reside. My life is led boldly where no Nancy wants to stroll. Step lightly around these ends, my friends, for this is East London where the villains do rock and roll. Wow. No. <laughs> <laughs> and that took 20 minutes. Right. <laughs> that really that was probably a minute. Really? Yeah. And all, God, every- it sounds really annoying to live with. <laughs> yeah, you're making me sound oh, really. <laughs> no, really very humble about your talent, which is quite nice. Um, but yeah, what you, what you 
when you see the play, most of that was a first draft. It was kind of just as you were thinking it, it was coming out on the paper and that's what's performed. You didn't really have enough time to go back and yeah. redraft things and rejiggle things. So it all just kind of came out perfectly, which is... We were so in love with yeah. <laughs> I'm a big fan of his. <laughs> Sometimes you just need to keep a hold of that energy. Yes, you can redraft if you've got to do timing changes, if it goes to different theatre spaces. Yeah, but that initial rawness... Mm. It encapsulates right. it sounds, yeah. like, it sounds yeah. almost like improvisation. So you're starting from uh, a position where you're improvising and then you're transcribing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. very similar. Yeah. And the ending of the play actually changed because... Mm. Um, when we when you originally wrote it, the ending was quite nice, and the council ends up kicking the these people out of their homes, out of their tower block. And before the ending was wrapped up quite nicely, they didn't do so badly. Yeah, they didn't do so bi- badly. The granddad ended up in a home. We got a nice council flat. But since Grenfell happened, um, it, it changes the sort it, of tone. Yeah, yeah, it completely changed everything. And it almost felt ignorant to do that end, didn't it? Definitely. And it was kind. Now we look back on it, it's kind of silly because actually we're saying, yeah, cheers, council. Like we've actually not done so badly from it. But now the Grenfell happened and certain things happened around the world and we thought god we've actually got an incredibly topical piece now that really has to be told was it a case of that that was almost the universe giving you that final bit of direction just going ah hold on a minute you need to fix it and we were never happy with the ending the ending was kind of thrown together we didn't know what to do with it and then this happened and, and it, it was, was a little so bit of a... We had to unify it. It, it was, like, it was, God, it was almost like a slap in the face of this is life. Yes. This, yes. this, is, this is life, this is horrible, this is what goes on. Exactly. Yeah. This is the bit you're missing. Exactly. Yeah. So now the totally. ending is all the characters coming together, kind of fighting the builders, yeah. getting them off the, off the estate, all unifying, getting and that community we leave, spirit. We leave our audiences so sort of impassioned and yeah. they want to, yeah, they've got all these questions and wanting to do things in, inside mm. them when they leave, which is great. Yeah. What ideas has it left you with having having done this? Do you think further about what you want to do next? You're both looking at me oh. terrified. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to ask you to go dancing naked again. <laughs> Not what we're going to do. I think the, the show we've got. There's five of us in the cast, and um, we all love it so much. I think we've really, yeah, we enjoy being on that stage so much. And it, it's an hour and ten, and it goes within about for us about ten seconds, you know. Yeah. Um, and I think we're just going to try and take it on for as long as we can. I think the next year is going to be all about flesh yeah. and bone, to be honest. I'd, 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 I'll always be writing constantly as we're doing that, mm. but I think at the minute, the near future is flesh and bone. Remind yeah. us once more where people can see the show. At the Pleasance Dome, uh, in the Jack Dome at 4pm. Uh, we also have just got an extra show, uh, which is on the 28th at 8.50 in Pleasance Above. A pleasant spot. And, and when you link through the ticket office, that will be linked through there as well. So you yes, get the links so back in our there. website. It's always edinburghfringe.thepodcastcorner.com. Elliot, Olivia, thanks very much for coming along. Oh, you're it so is, it is a piece that just really needs to be seen. I, I love the power behind it. Thanks for give, giving us the time and giving a bit behind the story. No problem. Thank you, Thank you no for problem. having us. Thanks very much. Oh, we're getting there, John. How are you doing? Uh, I'm very good. I'm very good, thank you very much. Lovely. So what have you got lined up for the rest of the day? I have two shows. Ooh, I knew you, you were got? going to ask me this, uh, and now I can't remember what they are. One of them is Brutal Cessation. Ah, uh, this is um, Millie's Millie Thomas's Millie piece. Thomas's. Uh, and then the other one I can't remember now. That's so fine. let's That's not fine. pick over that it's, one. It's almost like we just needed a tiny bit of cover yes. to switch the guests over. It's all seamless. It's all seamless, it? and nobody will ever know about the magic of radio. Look at that smashing show. I know. And now, oh, and now wait for, for the very first time... On Radio 6, 
We had Stuart McCorney. Hello. Because all the rest of the time in the G-Job, you've got to call it Six Music. Absolutely. Because Tony Curry's got Radio 6 and we're on there, so thanks, Tony. Okay. So this is a genuine first. Okay, great, great. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm highly honoured. Yeah, lovely. Stuart, though, not up here to talk about the radio. You're up here to talk about your show, Jarrow and to the Deep South, yeah. which is one of your other passions, effectively. Um, yeah, it's, well, that's primarily what I think of myself as a writer. It's a show based around a new book. It's just out. And, uh, I mean, I've fallen into this crazy business of radio, really, but primarily I think of myself as a writer. And this is a kind of... Uh, a show based on, on that book, which is a recreation of uh, my recreation of a famous, I mean, for people who, who it, it, people in England often know, uh, they know the phrase, the Jarrow March. They don't know what it is. It was a protest march in 1936, October 1936, where 200 men, unemployed men from the northeastern town of Jarrow, marched to London to deliver a, a, a protest petition to the government. And last October, 80 years on, I recreated that march, you know, I walked to London from Jarrah to, um, and, the, and what came out of it, the book and the show that's come out of it is a kind of comparison of Britain then and now, and, and which, you know, I, I must say, if you're thinking of coming along, and I hope you do, I mean, it's not just all diphtheria and rickets and malnutrition. It's, it's stuff about history as well. It's, and it's kind of funny, I hope, as well, and it's a travelogue and it's those kind of things, but it's kind of, it's political with a, with a smallish P, yeah. Let's do the, the, the date and time first, when and where is it on? It's on at 7.30 every night, well, for the remainder of the festival, uh, at the Museum of Scotland, the Gilded Balloon at the Museum of Scotland, 7.30pm. So what is it that attracted you personally to, to this walk in this part of history? Okay, well, it's kind of a perfect storm of things for me, really, because I'm interested in, I mean, my last several books have been, I'm interested in British social history. I'm interested in kind of working class culture and politics. I'm interested in people and travel and walking. I'm, I've just been made since April. I've been president of the Ramblers, uh, which is great, uh, which when I was a teenage you know, punk rocker in Wigan, I would never have thought. As I say, the idea of having a woolly hat and an anorak and a, you know, and a beard would have been anathema to me. And not least being the president. And not least being the president. But now, of course, that would make me a hipster, as I say. But, um, but yes, yeah, so, so, so it combined a lot of things. I fancied a long walk. It's a great ready-made narrative, if you will, three weeks, 20-odd days, staying in the same towns they stayed in every night. So it's a great ready-made narrative. It was a walk. It was a bit of travel. It was a bit of politics. So... It seemed, and there was a big anniversary approaching, so it seemed the perfect thing to do. Uh, so long, long walking days. I'm all about the details. Well, I, need, I need the schedule, okay. really. Uh, now, I have to say, and I, I should make this plain, I, I travelled every inch of the route. I did not walk every step of the way, which they did. I nearly did. Most days I did. But if I was behind schedule, and for instance, say on the way from Darlington, or, or North Allerton to Ripon, I realised as I was walking along that I could get to Coral Evensong, say, at Ripon, which I thought might be a fun thing to do. I'd jump on a bus. You were pragmatic. If a bus was coming along, I'd jump on it. But I didn't. I, I travelled every step of the route. I stayed in all the places they stayed. And, mo and quite a few of the days, I walked the whole stages. But some of the longer days are 22 miles, you know. So I didn't want to just end up, you know, for the purposes of the book, it would have been pointless just fetching up in a town just in order to collapse into bed. And I wanted to go out and see things and talk to people. So sometimes, I admit, yeah, I let the bus take the strain for a few miles. Yeah. What was your perception of the journey when you started and how did that, how did that change? You know, I hear 300 miles yeah. and I hear walking and think, oh, oh God, yeah. Did, it, did, it, did that perception change? Um, I would not advise anyone to book a summer holiday of this walk <laughs> because, you know, if you're thinking of doing the West Highland Way or the Cotswold Way, do that. Because a lot of this walk was walking ankle deep in Red Bull cans in the grass verges of arterial roads. You know, it wasn't pleasant. But it was, 
It was fascinating. It was fascinating to see just things how the landscape changes and how the you know and how the house prices change and you know those kind of things. And you get certain constants. We are now a land of vaping shops, tattoo parlors, pulled pork, salted caramel. You know, the certain things are the same in every town in Britain, but other things are wildly different. But you know, Ferry Hill is very different from St Albans. You know, so it was a, it was an eye-opening experience. You get a sense of of the country on foot that you would never get by driving. You know what I mean? The sheer act of sort of the distances involved. You get a real feel of how landscape and industry and all those things get into the character of a place. Can we uh, can we foresee a time when there will be a similar scale, Mark? Well, one of the reasons I did it is because when I, last October, marches were kind of back in fashion. You know, there were a lot of, you know, Jeremy Cobham was having these mass rallies and marches and demonstrations seem to be back in fashion. And I wanted, that's one of the reasons I wanted to do the what, because whether they're of any use or not is a moot point. You know, I think uh, it was a debatable point. Um, the general marches themselves said after they'd done the marches, it didn't make a heap of the difference. It was pointless. And I'm, I... I kind of tend to think they're pointless. That's a very dispiriting thing to say, but I kind of think, you know, the suffragettes succeeded where the Majaro marches didn't because the suffragettes, I you know, don't want to advocate violence, but they threw bricks through windows. The Jarrow marches marched along and held some placards and didn't really get anything. There is something terribly uplifting about the idea of it, though, especially it. now. Exactly. And this is what my show and book is kind of about. It's about it's a romantic idea. It's a very empowering and romantic idea. And even if you don't, even if it didn't literally solve anything... It has become a bit of the sort of romantic mythology of Britain, I think, in a way. And everyone thinks, everyone, it's like everyone, a million people said they saw the sex pistols at the Lesser Free Trade Hall in Manchester in 1976. <laughs> Everybody in the northeast of England says they, their granddad was on the Jarrow March, you know. So how do you take the book and mm. then translate that into the show at the Fringe? Um, the book is more, obviously, the, the, the book is, there's a lot more of the book. Yeah. And it's out now on Amazon? And uh, it's out now in all stuff. good bookshops now. Hey. And some bad ones. Uh, Jar- Long Road from Jarrow. Uh, yeah, absolutely. It's out now. Um, the, the, the show, by definition, I wanted to make it a bit more sort of lighthearted and entertaining. Because, I mean, the book's, I hope, entertaining, but it's... You can take your time. And well, exactly. Well, exactly. And, and I've got an hour on stage. So the book, uh, the show comprises quite a lot of the pictures I took on my phone during the trip. So it's kind of PowerPoint, the slides, there's pictures of me in all the various places. I bring in some of the other things I'm interested in as well, pop music, politics and stuff like that. But essentially it follows the same narrative thread as the book, but it isn't, it's, 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 a, it's a, a, a light-hearted distillation of the book, shall we say. Did you enjoy the process? Of writing or walking? Both. What, yes, I did. I enjoyed the process of walking very much. It was like an adventure, really. You know, I, I, I took my month off the radio show and I did it and... Um, by the time I got to St Albans, I started to think I want to go home now. I've had enough of this. I hear a lot of people say that. <laughs> about yes, St yes, Albans. Yes. Oh, it's an Albans. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But I did talk, yeah, by, 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 but only by the sort of penultimate day, really. And then I had this amazing last day where I, I wanted to succeed, with, spoiler alert, I wanted to succeed where the general marches didn't and get seen by an MP in the Houses of Parliament. So I put out on Twitter, I used a lot of social media on the trip. I put out on Twitter, anybody, any MPs out there want to meet me? And a lovely MP called Tracy Brabin did, and I get to go to the Houses of Parliament. So that last day was very triumphant. But yeah, you know, no, by and large, it was all good fun. Good. Remind us once more where people can come and see the show. You can see it at 7.30pm till the 28th at the Museum of Scotland, the Gilded Balloon at the Museum of Scotland, the auditorium there at the back of the museum. 
Lovely. And uh, details for about the book and everything will be on your website and such like? Uh, you can, yeah, find me on Twitter, find me on social media. It's called Long Road from Jarrow. It's an absolute, you, you know, you laugh, you'll cry, your life will be changed. <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> and you're back on the airwaves next Monday. There we go. And that's on iPlayer around the world, and iPlay Radio, and usual stuff. Stuart McConey, thanks for coming along. Thank you. Uh, Stuart McConey there. Uh, quickly run back down again as the music runs out. Unpolished Theatre, and, and Amy Lighton, and Minnie Raff, uh, and Will Seward, and John Jacob. Yes. Good done. Yes, it, I think it's gone very well. Cool. Excellent. Well done, everybody. Say goodbye and ta for now. Bye, bye. And ta for now. Ta for now. Lovely. A Radio 6 international production from Scotland. Copyright 2017.